When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Rifters. This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast, where we go through the many 5e books and talk about various rules and haunt your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riftwake. And I'm Remy, a player on Riftwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today we're here to talk to you about accents. Well, Nathan, why do we care about an accent in Dungeons and Dragons? Well, well, well. So... The reason why accents are useful in Dungeons and Dragons or any role-playing system, to be honest, any case where you need to play a character, is that it helps to create an image of a person. So, like, there's certain things that we associate to certain races in um, fiction and so on and so forth. And more importantly, um, accents can help you differentiate yourself from yourself. So when you speak as your character, there's rarely ever the question where it's like, so is that your character speaking or is it you? And that's why accents. Indeed, that is one way to do it from kind of the character perspective. See, this should come as a shock to none of you at this point, but I like thinking big picture from the outside in. And that is something that I'm going to apply to kind of my side of this conversation today. So the whole idea of what an accent is, is that People from different places just have language developed differently over time, whether that is, you know, into an entire language in its own right or whether it is in the form of an accent. So how you want to use that in your game, though, is, of course, up to you yourself as a dungeon master uh, or even just you as a player, really, because a lot of the time dungeon masters don't go, you know, the Remy route of thinking about the big picture. Like most of the time, if you just want to do an accent, DM's probably never going to really have any issue with that. Like the thing that I do, of well, actually, just before I say it, just for curiosity's sake, Nathan, what do you think that I did? I think you were like, okay, look, we have a bunch of different locations, right? They speak these different languages. Okay, this place has this form of slang. Oh, this place has that form of slang based on the region, right? And then where the regions meet oh they, they have a different form of slang and then you have this big graph where you're like okay this region has that region uh, slang <laughs> and, and, and it's just like this massive mind like map of different versions of accents that you pull from and then you're like okay i'm going to sit down by myself <laughs> like a crazy person and be like well met stranger and then the next guy's like well met stranger you know and and that's that's all he does for, for weeks on end until he creates this perfect sound profile that he <laughs> he keeps in the in the, in this in his safe and whenever he needs to voice a character he 
he opens the safe and then picks out one of the audio recordings and slides into his flop takes out a floppy disk because he has floppy disks and he puts it into what? a shitty computer <laughs> you just got weird at the end there. but i mean okay for the first half of that you were almost entirely correct though I do indeed have charts for accents. However, one aspect of it that you did not mention that is actually the angle of what I was aiming for is language accents, because a big part of what an accent is, is someone who is multilingual or just from just some other language as their native tongue, because in D&D, Almost everyone in the fucking world is multilingual, at least bilingual. Like dwarves automatically know dwarvish in common. A lot of backgrounds have an extra language or two. A lot of classes might offer an additional language here and there. You can get more by feats. Like there's a lot of multilingual people in D&D, but there isn't any kind of common accent. Right. Uh, there is actually a little bit mentioned, just that, you know, accents exist like there it is like in some adventures it mentions that someone is speaking with an elvish accent or someone has a thick local accent and that's written actually in quite a lot of places throughout like princes of the apocalypse divine contention storm king's thunder uh water deep dragon like a lot of the adventures have I mean, mention of bit- that kind of thing it's a bit difficult to convey what an accent sounds like on paper, right? But that's what planning comes for. Like, right. so the Remy route was to plan, okay, so there's a lot of languages in D&D, but there's only a handful that actually come up in, like, in any regularity. Like Dwarvish, and even then, Elvish, Exactly, Dwarvish, Elvish, you know, Infernal, giant. Draconic. Occasionally. Like, even Giant, I would say, you don't necessarily need to think Unless about. Unless you're fighting a lot of monsters. Yeah, but uh, yeah, unless that is like just a very specific campaign that you're kind of playing in. But if you just take like the basic few, like just, you know, common, elvish, dwarvish, elvish, draconic, infernal, like and just take those as your basics and then just map out kind of what you want that to be kind of related to. So for my own world, of course, you know, dwarves have that kind of you know, Scottish-Irish accent, as we talked about in the Voices episode way back when, and just every time we goof off and do that voice. You know, that classic Dwarvish accent is, you know, pretty, you know, typical, you know what you're getting. When you hear this voice, you know you're talking to a dwarf. And that's that's honestly part of the fun of it. It's just, I enjoy doing voices. Again, your mileage may vary, of course. Like, this is definitely not something that you necessarily need to do for your world, but I do feel that it adds value. But anyway, so taking those languages, though, to plan out what you want the accent to be for that language, I feel to be valuable. So like I also thought, OK, so I'm going to correlate draconic with Russian, that kind of like harsh, you know, consonants kind of speech. And that's just what made sense to me. You know, have you know, you can have Elvish be, you know, French, perhaps, you know, so you have an elf and they have these, you know, very posh type French accent. Uh, that's like the way I've interpreted the Elvish accent is like a more thinny sort of voice um, and a bit more like well-spoken, but that's pretty much it. 
But um, the point being, though, just it's something that's worth thinking about. So that way it creates a consistency in your world so that if you're talking to your players and, you know, if I were to suddenly start speaking in an accent like this, they would immediately know, ah, this is an elf that I'm talking to. Okay, I understand that immediately. You see, English can niggas. Your father was a Hampton. You know, your mother was Hampton. Your father smelled of elderberries. The only reference I get ever. Yay. And that makes me happy that at least there's one that you know. But anyway, but have just those few kind of mapped out for yourself to just to know, okay, so I know that if I use this accent or like that, you know, gnome, as we've talked about before, as that typically, you know, high voice, like, ah, yes, a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Like, okay. Like, again, having just that kind of consistency for just the most common things that you're going to run into is just a great tool of world building to just get your players used to you and your world with consistency, because then you can also have it be when there's an inconsistency, then that can actually jump out as unusual. So if you do have a dwarf who speaks perfect common, that's actually kind of odd. Like. Every time you typically have a dwarf in D&D, they speak with that accent. So if you just narrate that there's a dwarf character, but use a normal voice, whatever that means to you, which we'll normal also talk voice. about in a moment. Oh, yeah, that depends on where you live as well. Right? Yes, like that actually is a tab for us to talk about in a moment. We'll get there. Right. We'll get there later. But uh, but if you have a dwarf who suddenly just this is the voice that I'm using to be a dwarf, that is unusual. And is that something that you could actually be hinting to your player that maybe this dwarf is just was able to get a better education in their childhood? So or they will were taught, you know, from their youth to the point where they just grew up bilingual and just don't have an accent. Or is it a situation of, oh, that's not actually a dwarf. That's just someone who is using disguise self or alter self to just pretend to be dwarf. Like is it something that can stand out as unusual because you're using accent to set a precedent in your world and then you can just use that to make them understand or make them understand whether it is normal or not normal for someone to be that or not like that. Honestly, like Remy, I think um, after talking about all this accent stuff, like you're just like a shitty Tolkien. I mean... You're not wrong. Like Tolkien is just a much well. I well, want to like, say much you smarter look, man. Look but... normal. He makes you look normal. That's what. Well, oh, no, no. I'm still not normal, but I'm farther along that path than most. But he's definitely taken farther steps than I have at this point. On the other hand, his education was as a linguist, as far as I can remember. So that's right. just his education and study was in his field that he just developed farther than as far as I know anyone else ever has in that direction. And I just didn't get educated in that field to that point. I mean, also, I'm still only 31. It's entirely possible. Give me another 30 years and we'll see where I am at that point. In in 30 years, Remy will be some sort of like, like war, like warlock guy that, that people like, do you know that man? like i don't know but at night i hear arcane whisperings come from his house and it's fucking terrifying <laughs> okay i'm not gonna go like actual crazy cultist murder warlocky type 
Like, unless we figure out magic in the next 30 years, that's more than a little bit unlikely. <laughs> At least Anyways. I hope I'm not going to have that type of mental break. But you know, like, I can't say it's impossible, though. So I guess we'll just have to see what happens. But anyway, so again, using accents just can be something that is valuable in your world. So, of course, uh, I think from the outside in perspective, so, Nathan, uh, do you want to go on a little bit more about the other side of things about from just giving a character character? So um, let's talk about accents and like to be more specific, like accents specific to certain characters and such, because uh, here's the thing that I've tried and it's not in the most successful, but I have it there just in case as a reference. So if you've ever had this thing, right, when you have a character and then you have a kind of voice or then that you, you know, yet yet like you, you know how to do it. But sometimes like um, you, you freeze up, you're not really sure how to do it. And what I recommend often is to record yourself making that voice. And like I, I've created a couple audio recordings of myself doing certain characters from the show. And by doing this, you can give yourself some time to actually experiment with it and try and make it better, more unique uh, when compared to uh, the other characters you have, you have um, in your campaign. And more importantly, this is a big one. Make more of the voices actually usable as a speaking voice because sometimes you have characters like, for example, Gorge from the Reflect podcast whose voices are really fun to listen to until you realize that, yeah, um... We're going to have to do this voice continuously for very long. It's going to be terrible. And and like the thing is that that wasn't even the correct Gorge voice because Gorge voice is a lot more harsh than that, which is kind of funny because he is a horse. But um, <laughs> anyways, uh, and the thing is that taking that opportunity to reduce the amount of pain they have in experience just acting as a character can be very helpful. And actually having a crack to say things that you want them to say. But just word of warning, just kind of related to that, though. You never know what NPC your characters are going to just latch onto to right. make a recurring character. So you can have the plan of just using a just total silly voice for just this like random barkeep. But then, you know, you never know when 10 sessions later, you know, the player characters helped save him when the, his bar was burnt down. And now he's a full on NPC that travels with the party. And that whatever voice is, is something that you have to do every single session now. Like, right. you never know what is going to Honestly, happen. Honestly, like what I recommend is any changes you make, make them slowly. And the big one, the big one is do not put in too much effort on um, characters that are not already established. I don't agree with that at all. Well, you should absolutely well, we think very differently. Well, that's true. <laughs> okay, let's just rephrase it this way then. Make a decision on how much effort you want to put in to your character building, whether you want to plan out. You know, you don't need to plan every single, you know, barkeep in the world like you don't need to know this person is already at this place with this accent you can just have like two or three just random npcs that are just like okay i need random npc three to just be a barkeep here now like go that route is what i recommend you don't need to necessarily Maybe. plan yeah it's just like you, you, you go in into a place. thing go into a place it's like who, who's this uh my name's Jordan. I'm I'm a 
I'm the barkeeper. Uh, Wait, wasn't it someone I, I else who was here last time? Yeah, I uh, killed him. And, and uh, in my place now. <laughs> on the other hand, it you could do something like that. You could have like have have an idea of just what you what you want for your level of consistency for your world building. What you need for your just level of planning. All of these are variable things that is just up to you how much effort you're willing to put in. But planning. Also, like we do talk about in the Voices episode way back in the day, you don't necessarily need to go to extremes of having, you know, an infinitely large, you know, stable of voices that you pull out of your hat when you need something like you just need to just change a few things in like, what was I said before, your uh, your pitch, your tone and just your pattern of words are the, just the three things to really just make a voice uh, or the easiest way that I found at least to actually do a different kind of voice is to just copy someone. So just have there be just if there is a, you know, TV show that you like, a video game that you play, just whatever form of hearing human voices in your ears that you prefer or hey right. maybe even talk to people that's uh not something <laughs> that so i weird. would consider but it's a possibility oh, <laughs> remy's yeah. getting the shivers Ew. Yeah, humans <laughs> but actually, yeah, like, actually one thing just... I, I i would find absolutely hilarious is if somebody tried to copy my accent i guess according to everyone i've met it's it's basically impenetrable <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, I, I I wouldn't even know how to begin trying to replicate your voice. I just couldn't do it because there's just parts Fucking to weird. it that I don't have the ability to do. And like, so actually, so that's a good time to lead us into, you know, quote unquote, your normal voice. People just have different voices. So I myself have a little bit of Southern and a little bit of New Yorker because I, I myself am Florida. not a woman and I, I, I do not sound like a woman in any way. And it's very, very annoying when I want to do a woman's voice. Yeah, like there are some voices that you may be able to pull off, some accents that you may be able to pull off. Like, hey, maybe you can you know, do a pretty solid New Yorker or maybe you can't. I'm not great at that one, even though most of my family is descended from New York because like I got a little bit of the cadence to it just in how I'm able to speak, but I'm bad at the accent itself. Is that going to stop me from using a character with a bad New York accent? No, because it's fun. And as always, that's just where we really want to go with it. But yes, if there's any stereotype kind of accent you want to do it's 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 a great idea it's it's really fun well it's it's probably okay <laughs> this is where like we, we talked a bit back uh actually i don't remember if we actually did talk about this in political correctness but it is also relevant right but what level of voice work and accenting is okay at your table that is not something that has an immediate answer so I mean, so this is uh, December 2020 now, and uh, The Simpsons has been a TV show for I don't even know how many decades now, 20 years, something like that. More, more, I think. But anyway, the, like the character Apu has been on that show for as far as I know, at least damn near that entire time. And that is a character with an incredibly strong Indian accent. And that's been considered to be okay for that time but then it was just 
how do I even phrase that? It was just not okay because what is okay changes over time. And that is something that can come up in D&D. Like if you want to have a character who has a particularly strong accent that is not something that you are a representative of, that may or may not be okay at your table. And that's the kind of thing that you may you want to, to even about. cover at your session zero. So there is a enormous spectrum of just vocal capability. But even just from the you know lowest end, it is something that can add value to your game. So I do highly recommend putting the effort, whatever that means to you, to figure out what is within your capabilities and how much effort you're willing to put in into applying that into your game. Whether that is just having two voices that you can do and just using them to differentiate just two different types of characters. Maybe you just have two kingdoms in your world and you just can say the two voices that I'm able to do just are each of these two kingdoms and that's that. So, Nathan, maybe, you know, you can make the choice at some point in the future that, OK, maybe, you know, people from Vetrum actually have, you know, a different accent or people yes. from All the other continents like, like, that like we haven't racist seen Racist Asians. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even going to be racist because I'm, I'm Asian. So, so it works. So, so I'll be like, that's hello, actually... I am from Vetrum. <laughs> oh, boy. And that also is something that is important to bring up in this conversation. Different accents mean different things to different people. So from the American perspective, like the British accent is usually considered to be like posh and classy. And yet the Cockney accent is right. very much the opposite of that, even though it's the same country. You know, over in the UK, there's these I two mean, accents like, that are seen complete oppositely. Everywhere you just have different accents. That's that's how it is. Like even within the same country, you can have people who sound different. So like I definitely do not sound like a vast majority, but some percentage of the people here have a very strong here accent. I, I don't know how to describe it. It's very hard to explain, but yeah. <laughs> And that's the kind of thing that you can use in your world building. So if you have, you know, your nobility all speaks with this very posh kind of proper voice. But then you have Ooh, someone pathetic. who but then you have someone who does have like that total opposite, you know, you know, hey, how y'all doing this evening? Just like it, it feels different. <laughs> like one of the just language itself is such a fascinating concept to me. Just the idea that, OK, you are passing air through your throat that vibrates the air that your ears, that another person's ears pick up, translate those vibrations into sound that your brain interprets to have meaning. Hey, guys, that's fucking nuts. And I really just love ears. thinking about that. <laughs> Oh, you had to make it weird. <laughs> but anyway, but the fact that those vibrations do have meaning just is very, very interesting to me. But anyway, uh, what I oh, where was I even going with that? You just fucking totally threw me off again. God damn it, Nathan. Um, <laughs> uh, where was I? I just fucking lost my train of thought. I was going somewhere with that. The way to really 
apply all of this together into Dungeons and Dragons is the fact that the voice that you use, even saying the same word, can be very, very different when it hits the other person's ear. So as an example, just using the word hello, just said different ways can give totally different meanings. So if you just, you know, as a DM, you're just, you know, introducing some character to your players and you just say, hello, 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 just saying the same word in different ways can convey totally different meanings. So using accents as a way to either build out your world or just convey the meaning that you're trying to get across to your players, make it a valuable tool in your Dungeon Master toolbox. Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash riftwakepodcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Riffs and Rules topics. Find us on social media, on Twitter, at Riftwake Podcast, on Facebook as Riftwake, on Reddit, on the subreddit, r slash Riftwake Podcast, and you can send us an email, riftwakepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.